Some of these stories are said to be cursed. Just hearing about them could cause unwanted outcomes. Proceed with caution. Good evening and welcome to the tape library. Tonight I'm going to be delving into a culture that is rich with ghost stories and urban legends. We're going to be taking a trip to Japan. Along the way we'll encounter cursed websites, haunted bathrooms, giant demons, and be asked questions you might be better off not answering. This is your final warning. Proceed with caution. But for the brave among you, get comfortable. And let's take a look at some of the scariest Japanese urban legends. Kisaragi Station This story takes place in 2004 and can be traced back to a post made on a Japanese message board about strange occurrences. A person named Tasumi posted that she had woken up on her usual train to work with every other passenger asleep in their seats and it only gets weirder from there. I'll read out the entire thread for you so you can see what I mean. So let's get into the story of Kisaragi Station. This may just be my imagination. Can I post it anyway? Go ahead. What's going on? I've been riding a certain train for a while, but something seems off. Hmm. I always take this train to work, but it hasn't stopped at any stations for the past 20 minutes or so. It usually only takes 5 minutes, 7 or 8 at the worst. Oh, and there's 5 other passengers, but they're all sleeping. Did you take the express train by mistake? Is it a high-speed train? Well, it's possible I may have just missed my stop. I'll wait a little longer. If anything else strange occurs, I might bring it up here. Try going to the car on the end to see the conductor, maybe. It would be really bad if the driver had an epileptic fit or something. You should check on the conductor. Still no sign of stopping, so... All right, I'll take a look. There were blinds or something covering the window, so I couldn't see the conductor or the driver. The route is a private railway in Shizuoka. Knock on the window? I tried that, but nobody answered. Can you see out the window? Names of the station you're passing, etc. We came out of tunnels, so we're dropping speeds slightly. There usually aren't any tunnels though. It's a train from Shimhamamatsu. Looks like we're finally stopping at a station. You aren't going to get off there, are you? We've stopped at Kisaragi Station. I wonder if I should get off. I've never heard of this place before. Definitely check it out. No, stay on until the last stop. 
Oh, but it's probably already departing now. When did you get on the train? I've gotten off the train. The station is unmanned. I believe I got on the train at 11.40. I'm not finding any information on Kisaragi Station. And Hasumi, your train was going for over an hour? That's really strange. Yeah, I'm not getting any results for Kisaragi Station. I'm looking for a schedule so I can get back. But I can't find one. The train is still stopped. So it'd probably be safest to get back on. Well, it left while I was writing that. Is there anyone nearby or any buildings? It's cold out, so be careful. I'll look for a taxi from the station. Thank you very much. Sounds good. Take care. Way past the last train at an unmanned station. Really questionable you will have any luck finding a taxi there. There doesn't seem to be any taxis anywhere. Call 110, the number for the police. Call the taxi company. If there's a telephone booth nearby, look up the taxi company number in the phone book and call. I called home and asked you picked up, but neither of my parents seem to know where Kisaragi Station is. They'll look for it on the maps so they can come and get me. But I'm getting a little bit scared now. What about the others? Are you the only one who got off the train? I checked online too and the name Kisaragi Station isn't coming up. Am I wrong in assuming it's around Shimhamatsu? I'll check Yahoo. I looked for a public phone and there's nothing. And no one else got off. So I'm alone now. It's definitely called Kisaragi. Sometimes they have phones outside the station. Looking into it, apparently it's written with the kanji for devil. But it's red, Kisaragi. Devil Station? Yikes. Are you a gaming nerd? Because a game comes up if you google it. Tell us the names of the station before and after Kisaragi. What do you mean a game? It doesn't say what the next and previous stations are. Walk back along the track. If you start running now you might catch up to the train. There must be houses around the station, right? Yes there are. I didn't quite notice since I was panicking. I'm waiting for my parents to call while walking back along the track. I tried checking town information on iMode, but it gave me a point error or something. I want to go home. There's really just nothing around here. All I can see are fields and mountains. But I think I'll be able to make it back if I go down the track. So I'll just keep pushing on. Thank you very much. Treat this as a joke if you will, but can I come to you if I encounter any more trouble? Of course. Just be careful out there. Sure. Just make sure you don't run out of battery. Your phone's your lifeline right now. Don't get lost, and be careful in the tunnel. Huh. You can get a signal out in the middle of nowhere. I kinda think you shouldn't stray far from the station. All alone on a cold night. At a station with no attendance. Soon the lights could go out and it would be pitch black. It really might be safest to wait for daybreak at the station though. Oh geez, this sounds bad. I got a call from my father and he had many questions, but simply couldn't find my location. I've been told to call 110, which I'm a little opposed to doing, but I'll try asking them to help me now.
I really think you should wait until it gets lighter out before you do anything. Waiting all alone in the dead of night, and in some ominous place. Yikes. Going through a tunnel alone in the dead of night, and on some ominous train line. Yikes. I called 110 and tried my absolute best to explain the situation, but they thought it was all a joke and got angry at me. So I got scared and apologised. Apologised for what? Should probably give up for today. Wait for the first train. What's it like around the station? What's there? I hear what sounds like a beating drum mixed with some kind of bell way off in the distance. Honestly, I have no idea what to do at this point. Get back to the station for now, Hasumi. It's best to return to where you started when you're lost. Here's where it gets going. Are they having a festival or what? You might think I'm kidding, but I'm too scared to look behind me. I do want to go back to the station, but I don't dare turn around. Run, and don't look back. You can't go back to the station now. Run through the tunnel. I'm sure you'll find you're not far. Someone behind me yelled, Hey, don't walk on the track, that's dangerous. I looked around expecting to see an attendant, and saw a one-legged old man. But he vanished. I think I'm too scared to move. I told you not to look back. Run. Calm down and listen to Big Bro, okay? Check out where the drum's coming from. There's bound to be someone playing it. Where the hell are you planning to take Asumi? Must have been an old man who died, and lost a leg after walking along the track. I can't walk or run any further. The drumming sound is getting a lot closer. Wait for dawn. It won't be scary in the daylight. I'm still alive, but I fell and started bleeding. And I broke a hill, so I'm sitting still on the ground. I don't want to die now. It should be safe if you leave the tunnel. Once you get out of there, call for help immediately. I called home. Dad's calling the police, but the sound keeps getting closer. I hope to God that's not the sound of a train, but it might be too late. I finally managed to make it to the front of the tunnel. The name says... Isanuki. The sound's still getting closer, so I'm going to leave the tunnel. If I'm safe once I get out of the tunnel, I'll post again. Good luck. This is the end. Forget about trains and stations. Forget about going back. Forget about someone chasing you. The sound you're hearing is just something you imagined. Run out of the tunnel. If you stop, you'll only succumb to something which does not belong in this world. I left the tunnel. There's someone up ahead. It looks like all your advice was right after all. Thank you so much. My face is such a mess from tears. He might just mistake me for a monster. Wait, Hasumi. Don't die on us. Stop. That can't be good. Someone there? This late at night? That's suspicious. He seems gentle and was worried for me. He called for a train to take me to the nearest station. Apparently there's some kind of business hotel there. I'm truly, truly thankful to all of you. Hasumi, please answer me this one thing. Can you ask that man what this place is? 
Is he really gentle? He sounds kind of scary from what you said. That guy's no good. Why is he by the track at this hour? He must have been a corpse or something. Assume me. Run. I asked him where it was and he said Hina. That seems extremely unlikely though. Asumi, get off the train. Excuse me, Asumi. Where's Hina? We've been headed towards the mountains for some time. It really doesn't strike me as a place where trains would go. And he stopped talking to me entirely. Probably because you're constantly messing with your phone. Asumi, oh no, oh no. Did you contact your parents after you got out of the tunnel and received aid from this guy? Asumi, please call 110. This might be your last chance. My battery's almost run out. Things are getting strange. So I think I'm going to make a run for it. He's been talking to himself about bizarre things for a while now. To prepare for just the right time, I'm going to make this my last post for now. Asumi was never heard from again. The Red Room I'm pleased I never heard this story when I was younger. I think it's exactly the sort of thing that would have terrified me. We all know that hidden deep within the internet is darkness. Corners that we shouldn't see. Worlds we shouldn't visit. A corrupt evil hiding underneath the surface of social media profiles and rain sounds for sleep videos. The Red Room legend goes as follows. While browsing the internet late at night, you will come across a pop-up. This means you have been chosen by it. To be a small red window with black text, and it will simply say, Do you like? Try as hard as you can. Every time you close the window, it will reappear. Keep closing it though, and eventually the text will change slightly. Now it says, Do you like the red room? Some say this is normally accompanied by the voice of a child reading the words. The screen will suddenly flash, turning red, while a list of names fills your screen. This is the list of names of those who have visited the red room. This is when you will feel a presence behind you. You likely will be too scared to turn around to see who is there. But it won't matter anyway. It is said that you lose consciousness. So what you experience next is likely painless. Although how anyone could know that for certain is unclear to me. Regardless, whoever enters your room next will find your lifeless body drained of its blood. Your blood plastered all over your walls, making you a permanent resident of the Red Room. While the targets of the Red Room appear to be totally random, many say that hearing the story of the Red Room makes it much more likely you'll be visiting it soon. Akamanto, the Red Cloak. Akamanto is supposedly the spirit of a man dressed in a long flowing red cloak 
and pale mask. He haunts the bathrooms of public places, especially schools. Most often he is said to be seen in the final stall of the woman's bathroom. If you see Akamanto, he'll present you with two pieces of paper. One red, one blue. It is said that choosing red will result in Akamanto ripping the victim's skin off, whereas blue will cause him to strangle them. The only way to survive an encounter with the Red Cloak is to say no to both options and run from the bathroom. Or others have said, you simply need to ignore him until he goes away, but whatever you do, don't suggest a different colour to him. That would see you take him to the afterlife with Akamanto, to reside there for all eternity. The Slipmouthed Woman There are few urban legends in Japan as infamous as the Slipmouthed Woman. This spirit appears in the form of a woman with a partially covered face. She will approach unsuspecting victims and ask if they think she is attractive. If they say no, she quickly dispatches them with a blade or pair of scissors that she keeps hidden up her sleeve. If they say yes, however, she takes off her face covering to reveal a hideously mutilated mouth. She then asks the question again, do you find me attractive? If you say no at this point, it's the same outcome. She attacks with her knife. If you say yes, however, you will survive the encounter. However, she will cut your mouth in the same manner that hers is. Some say it's possible to confuse the slip-mouthed woman by telling her she looks average or so-so, which results in her letting you go. However, just running away will result in certain death. Kashima Reiko Another spirit that is said to haunt the bathrooms of Japan is Kashima Reiko, or Teki Teki. There are a few urban legends in Japan that are very similar, but the version I heard goes like this. Supposedly, she is a young girl who tragically died when she was hit by a train, severing her legs from her body. The legless torso of Kashima Reiko will crawl towards lone occupants of a bathroom and ask if they know where her legs are. If they respond with an answer that she doesn't like, she will instantly tear their legs off, seemingly left to join Reiko in her search for all eternity. Inunaki Village Imagine a village that has decided it doesn't want to follow the rules of the land. Imagine a place filled with people who embody the worst parts of our world. A place full of murderous maniacs, hiding out from society, free to do whatever they wish. Inunaki village isn't on any map. The village is supposedly near impossible to find. But for those unlucky few that do stumble upon it in the Japanese countryside, well, let's just say they wish they hadn't. You'll know when you have arrived when you come across the sign that reads the Japanese constitution is not in effect past here. To enter the village you need to take the small side road that runs along old 
Inunaki Tunnel. The tunnel itself is said to be one of the most haunted places in all of Japan, and has been the site of several horrifying murders. Few who have made it into the village itself have come back to talk about it. Supposedly the original reports about Unanaki village date back to the 1970s, when a young couple's car broke down on the road just south of the village. The pair walked through the forest only to stumble across the seemingly deserted village. It wasn't long though before one of the residents greeted them. They were carved up with a sickle. Apparently there is a public telephone right outside the Unanaki tunnel. So if you ever happen to find yourself deep in the forests of Japan, and you come across a telephone ringing just next to a large boarded up tunnel, do not answer it. It's said that the residents of the village call this payphone once every night. Whoever answers their call will fall victim to the Inanaki curse. No matter what direction they head in, whatever they try to do, they will end up in the village and the residents will be waiting. Eight feet tall. Translated into English, this urban legend is very matter-of-factly known as eight feet tall. Again, the earliest version of this story appears to originate from a post on the two-channel message board in Japan. The website Mysteries Unsolved have posted what is supposedly a translation of the original story. I'll leave a link in the description if you want to read it yourself. But here it goes. My grandparents lived in Japan. My parents would take me there during my summer vacations and winter breaks from school to visit them. It was a small yet beautiful village where I really enjoyed every time I went. My grandparents loved to play with me and they had a big backyard. I was their only grandchild, so they never bothered me to have fun. But the last time I visited them was over 10 years ago now, when I was only 8 years old and was still in my third year of high school. After that I didn't go there, to say I could never go there. But why? Well its answer is hidden in the following story. I remember as usual my parents booked a flight to Japan and we drove from the airport to my grandparents house. When we arrived my grandparents welcomed me with open arms. They had a lot of little presents to give me. My parents wanted to have some time by themselves so after a few days they took a trip to another part of Japan, leaving me in the care of my grandma and grandpa. One day I was playing out in the backyard. My grandparents were inside the house. It was still cold, but the wide edge of the backyard was very warm and comfortable. I was relaxing on the fresh grass for a while. After that I stared up at the clouds and enjoyed the feeling of the soft rays of the sun and the gentle breeze. Just as I was about to get up, Po, 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 Po. I heard a strange sound. 
It wasn't a mechanical sound, it felt like a person was making it. It sounded like someone was making the noise po, 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 over and over again, in a deep masculine voice. I didn't know what it was, whatever I thought. I found a straw hat on the top of the tall hedges of the garden that enclosed the backyard. I didn't put it on the hedge. The hat moved sideways. And when it came to the cut of the fence, I saw a woman. Well, the hat was worn by her. That was when I realised who was sounding like Po, 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 Po. The woman was wearing a white dress, but the height of the hedge was about eight feet. I was surprised at how tall a woman can put her head out of that hedge. The woman moved again and disappeared from sight. The hat was also gone. In addition, the strange sound of po, po, po was slowly, gradually lost, fading into the distance. At that time, I only thought that a tall woman was wearing an ultra-thick costume, or a tall man wearing shoes with high heels dressed as a woman. Bewildered, I got up and wandered back to the house. My grandparents were in the kitchen drinking tea. I sat down at the table, and after a while I told my grandparents what I had seen. I saw a tall woman just before. I wonder if a man was dressed as a woman. They weren't really paying attention to me. She was taller than the fence. Still, they were enjoying the tea and were talking to each other. She was wearing a hat and sounding a strange voice like Po, Po, Po. As I said this, the two people stopped moving. No, they really stopped suddenly. Grandma's eyes grew wide and she covered her mouth with her hand. Grandpa's face became very serious and he grabbed me by the arm. After that he bombarded me with questions in his very serious voice. When did you see her? Where did you see her? Where was she standing? How much higher than the fence? What did you do? Did she see you? I tried to answer all his questions as best as I could. He suddenly rushed out to the phone in the hallway and called somewhere. I couldn't hear what he was saying because the sliding door was closed. I looked over at my grandma and she was trembling. Grandpa finished a phone call and then came back into the room and spoke something to my grandmother. I've got to go out for a while, he said. You stay here with the child. Don't take your eyes off him for a second. What's going on, Grandpa? I cried. He looked at me with a sad expression in his eyes and said, You've been liked by Hashi Hasak Kusuma. And with that he hurried out got into his truck and drove off. I turned to my grandmother and cautiously asked, Who is Hashi Hasaku Suma? Grandpa will do something for you. You don't have to worry about anything, Grandma said in her trembling voice. As we sat nervously in the kitchen, waiting for my grandfather to come back, she explained what was happening. She told me, 
there was a dangerous nasty thing that was haunting the area. They called it Hashi Hasak Kusuma. In Japanese, translated it means 8 feet tall. As the name suggests, it has a height of about 8 feet and it laughs in a strange way with a po 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 voice. It appears slightly different depending on who sees it. Some say it looks like a haggard old woman in a kimono. Others say it is a girl in a white funeral shroud. The things that never change are its tall height and its creepy laughter. Pull, pull, pull. A long time ago it was captured by monks and they managed to confine it in a ruined building on the outskirts of the village. They trapped it using four religious statues called Jizos that they placed at the north, south, east and west of the ruins and it wasn't supposed to be able to move from there but somehow it managed to escape. The last time it appeared was 15 years ago. My grandmother said whomever 8 feet tall sees will die within a few days. It all sounded so crazy I wasn't sure what to believe. After that, Grandpa came back with an old woman. She introduced herself as Kaysan and handed me a small crumpled piece of parchment, saying, Here, take this and hold it. Then she and Grandpa went upstairs to do something. I was left alone in the kitchen with my grandmother again. I needed to go to the toilet. Granny followed me to the bathroom and wouldn't let me shut the door. I was beginning to get really frightened by all this. After a while, Grandpa and Kaysan took me upstairs and brought me into my bedroom. The windows were covered in newspaper and lots of ancient ruins had been written on. There were small bowls of salt in all four corners of the room and a small Buddha statue placed at the centre of the room on top of a wooden box. There was also a bright blue bucket What's the bucket for? I asked. That's for your pee and poo, Grandpa replied. Then Kaysan sat me down on the bed and said, Soon the sun will be setting, so listen carefully. You must stay in this room until tomorrow morning. You must not come out under any circumstances until seven o'clock tomorrow morning. Your grandmother and your grandfather will not speak to you or call you until then. Remember, do not leave the room for any reason until then. I will let your parents know what is going on. She spoke in such a grave tone that all I could do was quietly nod my head. You have to follow Kaysan's instructions to the letter, Grandpa told me, and never let go of the parchment she gave you. And if anything happens, pray to Buddha, and make sure you lock this door when we leave. They walked out into the hallway, and after saying goodbye to them, I closed the bedroom door and locked it. I turned on the TV and tried to watch, but I was so nervous. I felt sick to my stomach. Grandma had left some snacks, sweets and rice balls for me, but I couldn't eat them. I felt like I was in prison, and I was very depressed and scared. I lay down on the bed and waited. Before I knew it, I was asleep. When I woke up, it was just after 1am. All of a sudden, I realised that something 
was tapping on the window. Tap, 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 tap. I felt the blood draining from my face, and my heart skipped a beat. I desperately tried to calm myself down, telling myself it was just the wind playing tricks, or maybe the branches of a tree. I drink a sip of tea to calm down, but after all I was so scared that I started to watch the TV, with the loud sound that drowned out the tapping noise. Eventually it stopped altogether, and that was when I heard my grandpa's voice. Are you okay in there? he asked. If you're scared, you don't have to stay in there all alone. I can come in and keep you company. I smiled and rushed over to open the door. But then I stopped in my tracks. I had goosebumps all over my body. It sounded like Grandpa's voice. But somehow it was different. I couldn't tell what it was. But I just knew. What are you doing? Grandpa asked. You can open the door now. I glanced to my left and a chill went down my spine. The salt in the bowls was slowly turning black. I backed away from the door. My whole body was trembling with fear. I fell to my knees in front of the Buddha statue and clutched a piece of parchment paper tightly in my hand. I started desperately praying for help. Please save me from eight feet tall, I wailed. Then I heard the voice outside the door saying, pull, 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 pull. Then the tapping on the window started up again. I was overcome by fear and I crouched there in front of the statue, half crying and half praying for the rest of the night. I felt like the long night would never end, but eventually it was morning. The time displayed on the desk watch was indeed 7.13am. The salt in all four bowls was discoloured to pitch black. Just in case I checked my watch, it was also showing 7.13. I cautiously opened the horrible door. Grandma and Kaysan were standing outside waiting for me with a worried face. When she saw my face, Grandma burst into tears. I'm so glad you're still alive, she said. I went downstairs and was surprised to see my father and mother sitting in the kitchen. Grandpa came in and said, Hurry up, we've got to get going. We went to the front door and there was a large black van waiting in the driveway. Several men from the village were standing around it, pointing at me and whispering, That's the boy. The van was a nine-seater. They put me in the middle, surrounded by eight men. Kaysan was in the driver's seat. The man on my left looked down at me and said, You've got yourself in quite a spot of trouble. I know you're probably worried. Just keep your head down and your eyes shut. We can't see it, but you can. Don't open your eyes until we've got you safely out of here. Grandpa drove in front and my dad's car was following behind. When everyone was ready, our little convoy started moving. We were going fairly slowly, around 20 kilometers an hour, maybe less. 
After a while, Kaysan said, This is where it gets hard, and started muttering a prayer under her breath. That was when I heard the voice. I clutched a parchment Kaysan had given me tightly in my hand. I kept my head down, but at a time I peeked outside. I saw a white dress fluttering in the breeze. It was moving along with the van. It was eight feet tall. She was outside the window, but she was keeping pace with us. Then suddenly she bent down and peered into the van. No, I gasped. The men beside me shouted, close your eyes. I immediately shut my eyes as hard as I could and tightened my grip on the piece of parchment. Then the tapping began. Tap, 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 tap. The voice became louder. Pull, 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 pull. There was tapping on the windows all around us. All the men in the van were startled and on edge, muttering nervously to themselves. They couldn't see eight feet tall, and they couldn't hear her voice. But they could hear her tapping on the windows. Kaysan started praying louder and louder until she was almost shouting. The tension inside the van was unbearable. After a while, the tapping stopped, and the voice disappeared, fading gradually. Kaysan looked back at us and said, I think we're safe now. All of the men around me breathed a sigh of relief. The van pulled over to the side of the road and the men got out. They transferred me into my dad's car. My mother held me close and tears were running down her cheeks. Grandpa and my father bowed to the men and they went on their way. Kaysan came to the window and asked me to show her the piece of parchment she had given me. When I opened my hand, I saw that it had gone completely black. I think you'll be okay now, she said. But just to be sure, hold on to this for a while. She handed me a new piece of parchment. After that we drove straight to the airport and Grandpa saw us safely on the plane. When we took off my parents breathed a sigh of relief. My father told me he had heard about eight feet tall before. Years ago his friends had been liked by her. The boy disappeared and was never seen again. My father said there were other people who had been liked by her and lived to tell about it. They all had to leave Japan and settle down in foreign countries. They were never able to go back to their homeland. She always chooses children as her victims. They say it's because children are dependent on their parents and family members. This makes them easier to deceive when she poses as their relatives. He said the men in the van were all blood relatives of mine. And that's why they had been sitting all around me and why my father and grandpa had been driving in the front and back. It was all done to try and confuse eight feet tall. It took a while to contact everyone and get them all together, so that's why I had to be confined in the room all night. He further told me that one of the Jizo statues, the ones that were meant to keep her trapped, had been broken, 
and that was how she escaped. It gave me chills. I was glad when we finally got home. All of this happened more than ten years ago. I haven't seen my grandparents since then. I haven't been able to so much as set foot in the country. Afterwards I would call them every few weeks and talk to them on the phone. Over the years I tried to convince myself that it was just an urban legend. That everything that happened was just some elaborate prank. But sometimes I'm not so sure. My grandfather died two years ago. When he was sick he wouldn't allow me to visit him. And he left strict instructions in his will that I wasn't to attend his funeral. It was all very sad. My grandmother called a few days ago. She said she'd been diagnosed with cancer. She missed me terribly and wanted to see me one last time before she died. Are you sure, Grandma? I asked. Is it safe? It's been ten years, she said. All that happened a long time ago. It's all forgotten. We're all grown up now. I'm sure there won't be a problem. But... But what about eight feet tall? I said. For a moment there was silence on the other end of the phone. Then I heard a deep masculine voice saying, Paul. 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 That's all for this entry into the tape library. But we've only scratched the surface of some of Japan's most terrifying urban legends. So I plan to head back there very soon. Until next time, pleasant. (laughs) 